Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. One thing, though, is that we have to take the big picture here. The one thing that we haven't really focused on, a lot of the, – the Mets have been playing poor baseball. It's been atrocious. And yet they're above 500. They got to 500. And I'm not saying this is like, uh, you know, give them rose petals now. They got over 500 again. But they've been playing some really terrible baseball. And we've talked about how they've been, you know, they they to the bad teams, they're playing down to them and they're losing. Uh, but still, they're one game above 500. They're still in the mix, whatever. It's the playoffs. It is what I mean, it's it's a long season is what it is. But you have in front of you, they're in the, you know, BT gave me this stretch. He goes, in the next 21 games, what do you think the Mets will be? It was after the, I think, the National Series, something like that, where it was lackluster. It wasn't as good as they should have been. And I think it was the start of the Tampa Bay Series. And I said they'd go, they'd go out of the next 21 games, they'd go 14-7. and seven. And listen, that might be a little bit like, you know, high expectations. But again, I feel like they play up to the – because it's a tough stretch. It's They play up to their the teams they play. So right now they're in the past nine games. They're six and three. Like that's the type of baseball they just need to win two. You talk about winning series. We talked about that before. That that's what they're they, now. They didn't win the Chicago series at all, but they're still winning two out of every three games, and that's going to put them above the mark. They're going to put them above five hundred. That's going to get them to that ninety win total that they ultimately need to win games and, and make the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're right, and I don't. This felt good also because it felt like they were going to spiral into one of those long, elongated, like, poor stretches. And this felt good. Not only win and not win on some, like, it was awesome to have the comebacks, but not win on some, like, not fluky, but some major comeback. It was nice to just go out, dominate someone who's with somebody who's not your best pitcher and have an easy, stress-filled game to the point that Lindor got rest at the end of the game. You know, guys got to sit down at the end of the game and they brought in a position player. Like, we haven't had one of those wins, I think, since early April. Coming up, they're playing the Colorado Rockies, another team that, you know, has been underperforming, hasn't been great. They The, the talent's so wishy-washy. You know, I, I, don't, I still think this team is going to be, you know, the Mets are still going to find a way to be as good as they were last year. And this is the thing. And I don't, I don't, I, listen, I don't want to rag on anybody. I'm not trying to, to cause fights. I'm not trying to cause any sort of like controversy with anybody. But I'm sick and tired of people really poking the buttons of the New York Mets and being like, this team's no good. Mm-hmm. You're going to worry about this guy. You're going to worry about that guy. 
I look at this men's team, and it's not about you know like, like Francisco Lindor again. We'll bring it back to him for like one second. He's the past two seasons. He's a slow starter. Now listen, twenty twenty one was terrible, so he never rebounded. But last year he was so slow. He bounced back so heavy, and they and he had a great season, and really led the team to a really good place, and was able to carry the team. Him and Alonso were able to carry the team. I'm not concerned. Like, am I stupid for that? Like, that's the question that I have for all Mets fans right now. Are we stupid for being, for me, not being concerned that this team? I could be frustrated at the losses. I could be as frustrated as anybody else and be like, what are you doing losing two to three out of the Cubs by by not being able, by Buck, uh, you know, by Buck and Epler basically switching McGill uh, on a Tuesday start rather than put out Senga on regular rest and then putting Senga on Wednesday and him still not performing properly. Like I can criticize and be upset by that, it, it, but still at the end of the day, this team is still very much a play playoff contender and – my confidence is still there that they're going to get in the playoffs and hopefully have a deep run. I agree. And, and you know how I've been. You know me as a person. I, it's, even though I think it's like cautious, cautious optimism, I think that it's not stupid. Just look at the track record of the division, the three out of the last four uh, NL representatives in the World Series. You know, honestly, the last three full seasons, because, you know, the Dodgers won the World Series in the shortened season. And I think if you look at that, there's no reason to worry. We didn't start as bad as the Phillies last year. We didn't start as bad as the uh, Nationals in 2019. The Nationals were awful. They had like 19 wins through 50 games. So that's how you have to look at it. And everyone's like, that can't be the only reason. Yes, it can. I mean, the, the Phillies were awful last year, and they turned it around. And it didn't just happen immediately when they fired their manager. You know, there still was a little bit of a skid after that. So I, I think that there's – Reason for hope. We have a lot of stars on this team. Like, I, I, even if they're older guys or they might be on the back end of their careers, we've had a lot of stars on this team. And and we have them right now. Lindor, Alonzo, Marte. You know, I think Nimmo's an all-star. Uh, Jeff, I mean, he has been an all-star too. Jeff McNeil. Look at the pitching staff. As bad as Scherzer's been, I'm confident that he could be uh, a competitive pitcher. And I'm not worried about Verlander. I was never worried about Verlander. I, I, the second he started, he had a poor start, in my opinion, the start, but I was not worried long-term. It's the rest of the pitching staff that could be a concern. And if we get starts from guys like Carrasco and McGill, can McGill's had a rough go. It's not all his fault. He's been put in a lot of tough situations with Scherzer and Senga. And I, I'm confident Senga's going to get his control and you know his awareness of the American strike zone down very soon. And, and that's going to be huge because he has awesome stuff. And you can see it. He's not locating it, but he has amazing stuff. I'm not worried. And I don't think it's stupid to have that optimism. And also, we're in a new world. You know, six teams make the playoffs in each league. All right, let's do some emails here. Uh, just because we like to do that. We go to the listeners. And uh, let's go to Douglas Peterson. Hey, Evan and Pete. And now Gallo, because you're part of this. Uh, I have a few comments on a few questions that, and, and a few questions that I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Daniel Vogelback is Ben Simmons. That's well. First of all, uh, Douglas, I appreciate that, but Vogelback at least plays. Simmons doesn't. So right off the bat, no. I was going to say I'd also say that that's a little unfair to Ben Simmons because at one point Ben Simmons looked like 
a modern Magic Johnson, you know, for a year or so. Vogelbach's never been anything but one year of 30 homers and a guy who walks a lot. He's a triple-A hitter. Uh, I, I saw, it's tough to compare the two. But I will say this. I will say I I will say this. It's like it's like Simmons can't shoot the three or can't shoot at all, and Vogelback wants to win the bat. So they're what? they're both uncanny. Yes, they're the same what? players. So that that actually is a good comment. Wow, I take I it back. Wow, when you explain it like that, yes. <laughs> uh, Tommy going. Hunter and Dominic Leone should never throw another pitch in New York uniforms. Uh, I, listen. T- Tommy Hunter, Dominic Leone, they don't need to be on this team anymore. I agree. I've said that for a long Tommy time. Tommy Hunter gave I'm up two scoreless innings tonight, though. I'm trying to be positive. Dominic Leone just felt like a, a Band-Aid, not somebody who's going to be but, here long-term. But, but Gallo, right? So here's the thing. I look at the – again, this is another thing. This is another Epler thing, right? Like they keep on bringing these old – I'm not sure if it's Epler or Buck. They keep on bringing these older pieces in – Hunter obviously has the ties to Buck, right? So that I mean, yeah, to Buck. So that that's part of it. But then you have Dominic Leone, who's here, that's not pitching well. John Curtis had a great spring training. I know he came off the Tommy John surgery. I know all this stuff about that. You know that it, it was rough for him to come back. It's a whole rehab. I get that, but he had a good spring training. He had some amazing numbers in Tampa, I believe, in Miami as well. Like, but because of the options, they sent him down. And then you bring a Dominic Leon. Like, what, what, like, why are we going that route? We could, I know Curtis, the last couple games he pitched in the, uh, the majors weren't very good. They didn't look well at all. They, they were not good at all. But I don't understand how he's the one who gets optioned. And yet you haven't DFA'd Tommy Hunter. Dominic Leone or some of these other guys that are just like scrubs. And it's no offense, but I mean, listen, sometimes the t- your time is up. Well, I think that's fair, but I, I look, none of these guys are guys I'm afraid of losing. So I agree with you on that, but I also, I'm not like the biggest Curtis fan and I don't know where the relief help comes from in the minors. I think a healthy rotation is something that could maybe aid the bullpen because guys could slide into the bullpen when we are healthier in the rotation, if we get healthy in the rotation. I, I don't know if – like Tommy Hunter, I don't like him. But right now, I don't know where they go, and I don't know who are options, like who, where where the guys are coming from. And I don't expect Dominic Leone to be here long term. And, and it felt like a move – again, like a Band-Aid. I know I just said that, but when they were playing Detroit, it was like they picked that – who they pick him up during the series before they played one of the games. So it just felt – it felt like a quick move that they felt they had to make because the bullpen spiraled and they didn't overwork to, you know, way too overwork. We're going to get into a lot of the uh, moves that the Mets could have made in the in the offseason. They chose not to in a, in a couple podcasts. I know Evan and I have teased it a little bit because um, there's some guys that I've been like, we're clear as day guys that the, the Mets should have gone for. And they chose not to do it, and they go for these retreads. And listen, I, again, you can't get everybody in the offseason. I mean, it doesn't make a difference. Like Steve Cohen has a ton of money. I agree with that. Like I, I agree that he has a ton of money, and he's willing to spend it. But that doesn't mean you're going to get everybody. Like so, anybody that thinks that Steve Cohen is just out there 
just because you're out there and and des- are going to get paid that Steve Cohen's going to pay you, that's not a guarantee. Like, look, we're sitting here talking about Vogelback constantly, mm-hmm. and that guy is making a $1.5 million. That's the type of guy we're talking about right now is Vogelback. He's making $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of money, but that's who we're talking about. Meanwhile, there's other guys. We're talking about Shoei Otani in a couple of years. You know, hopefully next year it'll be a Met. $500 million. I mean, it's it's the, the ups and downs of these players that we're talking about. Just because Cohen has the money doesn't mean he wants to dish it out to everybody or he's going to willingly dish out to everybody. So, but we'll have a podcast about the guys that, that the Mets missed on because they totally missed on a bunch. Um, Mets seriously need to think about a trade for some offense, especially if Buck refused to play Mark Vientos. That's the problem. Gallo, like we have a whole you know, list of young talent that's ready ready and ripe to play, and they should be here now so that we don't have to trade for them, that we could trade for arms instead. Well, I, I don't think that they need to trade for offense. If you're making a trade right now, you need to go trade for pitching. Um, I would rather see them go trade for pitching because I do believe in the young guys, and I think that it would be easier at the deadline to piece together a bench than it would be to piece together a starting rotation and i think you can pounce um i don't want to like you know i know you said you're gonna dive into it i mean there's teams you know watch the white Sox. that could be a team that gets blown up i know you've said to me in the past you don't want anything to do with them but there are options there that could be cheap uh that wouldn't cost you a major prospect that could help elongate a bullpen or maybe help the uh, rotation or maybe help the bullpen i'm not the offense is not what i want to trade for right now i'd rather hold out and wait for the deadline and hope that the pitching uh, subsides. Mets have a schedule coming up. Again, they're playing Friday in Colorado, making the road trip to Colorado. Problem is that they've always sucked in Chicago. They suck in Colorado. So it's like it's these two teams are, are not good that they're playing, but they just always have bad records against it. So it's going to be a tough one eh, as far as just what we expect. Um, but they're playing three games in Colorado – they're going then after that they play the Phillies at home uh next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, followed by a nice home stand with the Blue Jays. So it's it's not gonna get any easier, but looking forward to see what happens. And again, I still feel very confident that even though they haven't played great baseball, that they're gonna start winning more and more games just because they're Buck is gonna be forced his hand to start playing the young kids. He has to and the pitching is starting to get get a little bit better with, with you know with the ebbs and flows. So it's starting to take place. Everything's kind of starting to mold together. And this is kind of what we're looking for. The, the the Mets are starting to play like those Phillies, those those Nationals, those Braves teams that were underperforming and then started to really put things together and make their way into a World Series run. I'm not saying World Series right here, but I'm saying I'm very confident that this Mets team will 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 certainly be making the playoffs and it's just all kind of slowly coming together i just want to thank anthony gallo thank you for for showing up and uh getting preparing us for this kickoff tomorrow uh on wfan i appreciate you having me i'm sorry about uh a little bit of choppiness on my phone but i i was excited to talk mets you know i love talking mets with you it was nice to have it recorded for the public 
yes, and I'm glad that uh, Evan's not here so we could do this and him not tell mm-hmm. me that the gal's not invited. But thank you for listening to another episode of Rico Bronia, and we will be back on uh, – look forward to Sunday, an episode with the return of Evan Roberts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>